NASCAR is built on big moments and big personalities. Moments that capture not only our attention, but the very heart of the viewer. Moments like wins from unlikely teams and drivers, often in the face of monumental adversity that perhaps would have destroyed weaker individuals. Moments like returning to the place of utter heartbreak, only to conquer the demons that have haunted you. Perhaps nobody is more attuned to the heartbeat of NASCAR fan than our collectively adopted son, Dale Earnhardt Jr. We had to park the race car a couple blocks away from the motel. We hauled booze and stuff with them and made sure that we had the car to beat the revenues with. So uh, I was pretty well on my way racing when I got to the race car. Well, I think a Winston Cup race would, would work and, and people would like it no matter where, you know, where it went. And certainly uh, Las Vegas. I'll tell you something else. Uh, I He's talking about coming to Texas and winning his first cup race. He won his first bus race here. You know, it's really nothing special. It's just a job my dad does. He could be a plumber, you know. Yesterday afternoon, the Hendrick Motorsports Beach 200 disappeared from the radar, trying to land at the tiny Blue Ridge Regional Airport. We're going to Homestead! Make room, Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt. There's another seven-time champ. Dale Earnhardt Jr. started racing relatively late in comparison to some of his peers and others who would become stars in NASCAR, but was still quite successful in our sport. Although Dale's career had many highlights, it also had some very public moments of tragedy and heartbreak. It is nearly impossible to look at the career of Jr. without the consideration of what may have been, had it not been for the passing of his father. Statistically speaking, 26 career wins is nothing to call unsuccessful. Many legends in our sport have fewer, such as Fred Lorenzen, both Labonte brothers, Benny Parsons, and Rooster himself, Ricky Rudd. The disconnect, it seems, is that many believe there was so much untapped potential early in his career that life robbed him of. The passing of Dale Earnhardt Sr. in Junior's sophomore season meant that so much of his career would be him walking through uncharted waters without the one person who he wanted the approval and guidance of more than anyone. It also meant that he had more responsibility on a team level with Dale Earnhardt Incorporated than likely should have ever been put upon him. And with family drama behind the scenes, that likely contributed a bit to that untapped potential as well. The good news is that even in tragedy, he would become one of the most influential people in our sport, even after his driving days were over. Previously, we discussed how Dale Earnhardt Sr., and specifically his death, played a critical role in the transformation of the mindset of NASCAR, its fans, and drivers in regards to safety. Perhaps nobody was a walking image of that as much as his own son, Dale Jr. Jr. came into the Cup Series as a rookie in 2000, ultimately losing Rookie of the Year honors to his friend, Matt Kenseth, but winning two races in the early part of the year. For many, watching Jr. represented a bit of a throwback to the days past. He still had a strong southern draw to his voice, had strong respect for the history of the sport, and much like his father, wore an open-faced helmet and goggles, not yet adopting the full-face helmet that most his age opted for. Then tragedy struck, and wheels were put in motion that would change the face of the sport as well as the image of its favorite son forever. Many of the changes in regards to the safety of the 2000s were regulation changes put in place by the sanctioning body of NASCAR, we didn't see drivers coming to the forefront for the most part and demanding or influencing change. 
The 2000s were still years where the field was full of drivers who had a mindset that being tough meant showing how tough you were by overpowering symptoms and sickness. Being tough to these drivers had nothing to do with the longevity of a career, but just ensuring that they made the next start. It didn't matter if they made the next 25 or not, as long as they made the next one. Changing the psyche of these drivers was not something that regulations themselves could change, but time has an interesting effect on things. As these drivers began to slowly be replaced by younger drivers, the mindset of the garage also began to shift. We now had entered into an era where drivers were not willing to just fight through everything if it meant costing them their future. This is where Junior's level of influence on the sport as a driver will likely never be matched. His personal troubles with his health have become almost a regular occurrence. By his estimate, he believes he had experienced concussions at least 20 times in his driving career. Admittedly, although concussion talk had really taken off in other sports, they simply weren't a topic of discussion in NASCAR. The NASCAR world would talk about how a driver got his bell rung, sure, but nobody ever used the concussion word. Looking back over that time period, it's easy to see that for many, it was willful ignorance of what was truly transpiring inside of these drivers' heads. Everyone points to a crash in 2002 as the beginning of his concussions, but there's strong likelihood that they started before that. The reason we point to 2002 as the beginning is because as you watch him get assisted from the car, it's painfully obvious that something isn't right, even though nothing is physically wrong to the naked eye. A decade later, in 2012, the struggles of these impacts and the resulting concussions would finally come back to Haunt Jr., as he had two substantial concussions within a matter of weeks. The first occurred during a practice session crash. He fought through it, continued racing, and began to recover. Weeks later, following a crash at Talladega, his symptoms would not only return, but they'd bring other, worse symptoms with them. Dale Jr. would ultimately miss two races in the fall of 2012 as he recovered from his injuries, while participating in a program specifically designed for athletes with concussion issues. The fact that Dale Jr. ever took it upon himself to seek out medical attention was practically unheard of at the time, especially for a driver of his level and success and notoriety. Junior would recover from these issues and return for a 5th, 8th, and 12th place finish in the points for over the next three seasons, amassing seven wins over the same period of time. His win at Phoenix in the second last race of 2015 would prove to be his last in the Cup Series, as his health issues would once again rear their head in 2016. Following two significant wrecks, one at Michigan and again at Daytona, Dale Jr. would miss the second half of the season. Make no mistake, this was huge for NASCAR, but again, it showed just how important it was that Dale Jr. made the concession that seeking medical help was the right call. The concussion would be the catalyst for Dale retiring somewhat prematurely by announcing that 2017 would be his final year as a full-time driver in the sport. As we step ahead, we now have many safeguards in place to protect drivers from themselves and attempting to push the limits of health. We have seen them in action, specifically since the adaption of the next-gen car. We've seen both Alex Bowman and Noah Gregson step out of cars and seek medical help before missing races due to concussions. And sadly, we've seen another career cut short yet again, and that of Kurt Busch. Dale didn't fix the sport and his concussion problem, but he did change mindsets of drivers and whether or not they view themselves as invincible, and that took no small amount of doing. One of the most critical elements of changing people, their mindsets, and their opinion is via communication and open discussion. Throughout the NASCAR world, 
Few have ever encapsulated what it means to have an open communication about our sport more than Dale Jr. The Dale Jr. download is in the process of wrapping up its 11th season and it's one of the cornerstones of the NASCAR media world. What started out as a singular podcast has now branched out into NASCAR-centered podcasts, including Denny Hamlin's Actions Detrimental, giving us the perspective of a current NASCAR driver and team owner, Door Bumper Clear, which is hosted by three top-tier NASCAR spotters, and even Steve Letard is in on the action with Dirty Mo Doe, a podcast geared specifically toward the NASCAR fan wanting advice on gambling within the sport. It truly has branched out into a media conglomerate, and at least within the NASCAR community, a juggernaut. Some of Junior's greatest works has come through his own personal podcast, where he does a fantastic job at bringing the history of the sport to the forefront of today through interviews with not only drivers, but many others within the NASCAR community. Truthfully, were it not for the Dale Jr. download, this podcast, as well as many others I'm sure, would not be recording today. His guest segments have featured everyone, from current cup drivers to long-retired drivers, crew chiefs, media personalities, and more. Over the past couple of seasons, he has been branching out more and more into the world outside of NASCAR and bringing in other popular personalities. Perhaps the most notable of late would be Cody Rhodes, WWE wrestler and superstar. After retiring from being a full-time cup driver in 2017, Junior began working as a staff member for NBC Sports, participating in NBC's coverage of NASCAR, as well as other major events such as the Kentucky Derby. It's an important element of the sport's current status that the longtime most popular driver is still heavily involved in the sport in a public-facing way. Often drivers retire and simply go home or take on non-competitive roles with race teams that don't see them at the track on a weekly basis. This reality often can lead to a disconnect between the sport and fans of that driver. Dale's media presence has surely had an impact on easing that disconnect for his legions of fans. The NBC booth isn't just the only way that Junior has made an impact with television. However, as he was also a host and executive producer of Lost Speedways, a television show which aired via Peacock. Between he and Matthew Dillner, they compiled a list of speedways that were now abandoned, torn down, or completely rebuilt upon and traveled to those locations, often speaking with locals who raced, worked, or watched the races unfold in those locations. It is in this type of role that perhaps we see the most comfortable side of Junior, the role where he and his status are irrelevant. In these moments, we see Junior, the historian, the storyteller, come to light. Perhaps the greatest irony in the character of Little E is that he seemingly cares very little about being famous or having a level of notoriety, and yet he's willing to sacrifice what is a very limited amount of privacy to open the curtain behind the history of the sport for any who are willing to listen, watch, and learn. No doubt the reality of his father's own tragic death has played a role in spurring him to ensure the stories of others are told. But to those of us that listen in to his podcast, there's at least a feeling that we're still continuing to watch him heal. And who knows, maybe we are too.